A white man? No! Hello and welcome to The Unsub is a White Man. I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily. And we are back with another Criminal Minds recap. Yes. What fresh hell is this episode? Yes. By title and feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Not only the title, but also an excellent descriptor. Yeah, it's exactly how you feel while you are watching... One of the most boring episodes we've watched so far. I know. We thought Natural Born Killer was bad. At least that one had gore. Yeah, this has nothing. Yeah. Literally nothing happens. Yes. Um, but I do have a lot of thoughts and feelings about the nothing. <laughs> um, shockingly, I still have a lot to say, even though I felt like nothing happened. Yes. Though this is um, What Fresh Hell originally aired January 11th, 2006. So we're like finally into 06. We, all the other ones were 05. I finally yes. feel like we're moving forward in time. Yeah. We're getting somewhere. We're catching up. <laughs> We're zipping f- through the decades five or six more years away from finishing this project uh, it really feels like it's going by now yeah <laughs> all right well this one starts out at everyone's favorite location mm-hmm. a youth soccer game yep yes but already we're in hell <laughs> exactly <laughs> and it's in wilmington delaware which looks like a pretty cute place yeah i've never been um, but there's this little girl, Billy, and she's fighting with her soccer coach mom because she wants to hang out with her dad instead of sitting on the sidelines of the game with her broken arm. Um, she almost calls her mom a bitch, mm-hmm. uh, which is totally accurate because her mom is totally being her one. Her mom sucks. Yeah. She's yeah. awful. Mm-hmm. Um, so mom tells Billy that she has a bad attitude. I'm like, yeah, so do you. Yeah. and then- That's exactly what I was thinking, actually. <laughs> I wonder where she gets it from. Yeah. The apple fell very close to that tree. Uh, she sends her off to run some laps, and then we see what looks like grainy camera footage of the soccer game. Yeah, I and like, are you like, is are, this like through the unsub's eyes thing again? Or like, it was very yeah. disconcerting. Yeah, I'm like, are, is somebody like videotaping this game? Yeah. Um. So Billy runs away from the field. She pulls out her phone and calls her dad to leave a voicemail complaining about her mom. And then she encounters a white man (gasps) who has presumably asked her for help in looking for his dog. Mm -hmm. Um, So then we see a little boy who's playing on the playground and he just like (laughs) blankly stares as the car pulls away with (laughs) Billy screaming in the back. And like, I love this because he's hanging upside down and they do the shot upside down for a second too. Like you're looking through the upside down kid's eyes. Yeah, um, this is not a, a subtle kidnapper. No, and this other kid, this witness kid, is a total sociopath, completely unbothered by yeah. what he's seeing. Yeah, um, yeah. There's like, how did how did no one see that? There were a ton of people. Yeah, there were people everywhere. She was. I mean, it's not soundproof when you're yelling. Yeah, she's like a car. banging on the glass and yeah. screaming. Like, there's no way that Plus a whole bunch a, of people. She has didn't a cast on her arm, right? If you banged hard enough with a cast on your arm, you make a ton of noise. Oh yeah. For sure. Um, yeah. So I, he didn't, I mean, the kidnapper didn't attempt to like subdue her in any way right. before putting her in the car. Like he doesn't know what he's doing here. Right. Well, and you know what? Um, he didn't need to worry because no one else is going to be. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. He, uh, 
Maybe he did do his research and realized that... Why take any precautions? uh, No one cares. None needed. Mm -hmm. Um, So then we're at the BAU and Garcia comes into Gideon's office and thanks him for the flowers, which came with a really sweet little note. Uh, Gideon appears very confused. And Garcia asks Gideon about the family photos that he has on like some like sideboard or piece of furniture in his office. Um, An uncomfortable amount of them. Yes. They're just everywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, JJ enters and Gideon says that he didn't send any flowers. Uh, Then JJ also looks at the photos, which we only see from behind and asks if there's family and Gideon says kind of. So like knowing what we know about his estranged son. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, like, is it like maybe grandkids that he doesn't really know yeah. or something? Um, but then JJ updates the team on the case. Uh, Billy has been missing for 20 hours. What? <laughs> There's the first huge what yeah. is happening. Uh, not supposed to wait that long. Yeah. Uh, Reed gives us some pretty upsetting statistics on child stranger abductions. He says most kids are killed within 24 hours, which gives them only four hours to find her. I love a tight timeline. I know. You'd think it would give the episode a sense of urgency. You'd be wrong, but you'd think it. No. And it's like child abduction obviously isn't funny, but like you have to like snicker a little bit at the idea of the kidnapper like setting his phone alarm for 24 hours and he's like, ooh, only got this long. Only have four (laughs) hours to go and then I'm going to have to get rid of you. And while while Reed's doing that whole thing, it's like green screen kids on the playground and the kids are slowly disappearing. There's less and less kids while he talks about the grimmer and grimmer statistics. Yeah, because, you know, kids are just disappearing at an incredibly rapid rate here uh, yeah, in the United everywhere. States. Uh, so then we get our first end cap quote, which is uh, the poet W.H. Auden wrote, evil is always unspectacular and always human and shares our bed and eats at our table. Mm. It's not heavy handed at all. No, not even a little bit. Uh, with the travel time, the team is now down to three hours, so mm-hmm. even tighter on time that timeline. Zip, it zips by, really, in this. Yeah. Uh, Gideon tells Elle to be the liaison with the family. Mm-hmm. Elle asks for clarification, and Gideon has to explain what a liaison is because mm-hmm. Elle is apparently unaware, She's despite the worst. this being her job. Mm-hmm. Uh, the local detective says that they've been searching and have checked on all the volunteers who have been involved in the searches, no red flags. Um, Bystanders saw her talking to a white man in his mid-30s holding a dog leash and a green SUV speeding out of the park. So listen. Everyone saw this. <laughs> listen, I used to watch Unsolved Mysteries, right? Mm-hmm. Like we all did. Original Unsolved Mysteries, right? Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Um, I am still scarred from an episode of Unsolved Mysteries where a girl was at a payphone, talked to her boyfriend... And says, you know, I'm at this payphone at this place and there's this weird car. I was walking home. I want you to come and get me. As he's driving to the payphone, he passes her in a similar Billy scenario. Somebody driving the car, her in the back, banging, like sees her freaking out, loses them. She disappears forever. Yikes. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And so this is all I'm thinking about, right? Yeah. You think... The urgency here is really high. People saw her be taken. Yeah. Nope. No, not at all. No one cares. I don't understand why the police waited so long to do anything. It doesn't make sense. Even if they try to explain it a little bit later, 
And it still doesn't make any no, sense I'll, at all. I'll save my outrage for then. But yes, yes <laughs> all I could think of in this moment was that episode of Unsolved Mysteries where they do the reenactment. You see her in the car and he sees her. And you know, yeah. that fleeting moment of, no, there's someone here to save me. And no. Yeah. No. <sighs> mm-hmm. Um. So what I was wondering about the SUV is, um, is it a Jeep Cherokee or is it a Ford Explorer? <laughs> because as we know, these are Big different. the only two SUVs available in mm-hmm. this universe. Yeah. Um, but I guess that would depend on the inherent uh, masculinity or femininity right. of this. Right. That's what I was going to say. Deal. It would depend on what, what the profile is like yeah. before we can know which of the two. Exactly. It's too bad I'm so car blind or I don't even know what that was. Yeah. The SUV in this episode. Oh, we find out. Don't worry. <laughs> um, so uh, Morgan says that the lost dog ruse is a common one, mm. which makes me think like, is it? Because like stranger abductions are, first of all, incredibly rare. Right. And a lot of times like the kids never found and you never find out what Who it was. So them, how do yeah. you know what the ruse is? I mean, you're, you're talking like a hundred stranger abductions a year Yeah, in a country of 300 million people. Right. And like, I think it was when I looked it up, like 40%, the kid is never recovered and they never mm. find out what happens. So it, like, well, it's the same kind of speculation <laughs> that they do about, I mean, everything. Yeah. Right. And while it reminds me of, um, Jim Gaffigan has a, that bit about, like, they tell you if you see a bear in the woods to play dead. Like, but how do you know that anyone that wasn't ever killed by a bear wasn't great at playing dead? You don't <laughs> know that. Who made that up? The bears? It's like, who tells you this? The kidnappers? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I remember the stranger danger talks at school. Where yeah, they were too. like, Yeah, they're like, oh, the stranger will warn you in, or, like, lure you into the van. Like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, like candy. Yeah, like how? What do you do if somebody asks you if you want some candy? Like, that, why... People aren't walking up to me asking me if I want candy. Yeah. I, I was prepared to have to defend myself from stranger abductions so much more than I ever have in my life, which yeah. um, currently is no times. Yeah. So Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, I looked it up and I uh, could find no solid numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the number, like the odds of that happening are so infinitesimally small. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. Like there just really isn't good data on any of it. It's hard to say that anything would be common. Um, but anyway, the detective tells them that Billy's parents are divorcing and she gets the feeling that Billy is being thrust in the middle of it. Uh, Hotch says that finding vulnerable kids is what these guys are good at Mm. because as we know, unsubs are some of the best profilers. Right. Uh, the detective gets a phone call and they've got another kid who may have talked to the unsub. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so back at Billy's house, Gideon checks out Billy's room. Looks like a super normal little girl's room. Very pink, very frilly. Yeah, there's like a little, um, like there's a photo and like a little shelf and like a um, like of her dog, and then mm-hmm. like the little like paw print. So you get the impression that this dog is no longer with us, but yeah. it was obviously very special to Billy. Um, so Billy's mom and Elle are just sitting in the living room watching the news report mm-hmm. about Billy on TV, which is horrifying. Yeah. Um, mom is complaining about Billy's attitude. Um, the divorce is pretty fresh. Mom says that she's been on a few dates, but no one has ever been to the house or met Billy. Uh, Gideon asks about the shrine to the dog. And mom says that the dad helped her create everything. Mm -hmm. Um, They seem to have a really good relationship. And mom seems really bent on controlling the relationship. And Mm -hmm. it's like, "Hmm, I wonder why your daughter resents you so much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. Uh, 
dad arrives and the media has surrounded the house and JJ talks to a reporter from New York who she seems to know pretty well. The sexual tension in this conversation with the reporter is off the charts. Yeah. Uh, Gideon asks where the dad has been. No one's been able to locate him. Um, Oh, sorry. The dad shows up at the house. Mm-hmm. I said that, didn't I? I yeah, can't remember. you said that. You said that. Um, yeah, but they ask where he's been. No one's been able to locate him. And they say that like part of the reason nobody looked for Billy for a while was because they thought that she was probably with him. <gasps> no, no. Even if you think that, they don't just like hold off just in case she happens to be fine with the dad. Yeah. They pull out all the stops. They do all of it. Even if they think it's nothing, they're not just going to wait and not do anything. Yeah. It's insane. Completely insane. insane. (sighs) It makes me so mad. And the detective spends so much time trying to justify her actions to the BAU. Like, there's nothing you can say. It's terrible. But there's also, the dad shows up in this part, and there's so much information about both parents that is, like, bandied back and forth and casually brushed over. And I was like, what do they want me to think about these parents? Um, That they're trash. They're in well that they're insane. Yeah, they're it, it they're just, both awful. It go, <sighs> they go all over the place. Like to the mom is talking about the dad, and she's like, he's irresponsible, and he wants to you know seize the moment, even though they both have responsibilities. Also, he's a cancer survivor. And yeah, I'm like what? Yeah, <laughs> big, it's like well, can you maybe one. understand why he feels like it's so important to live in the moment, yeah. considering what he's gone through. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Like, I just, I just want criminal minds to decide the tone they want to set for the parents and let me follow their lead. But instead, they've gone in every different direction and been like, make of it what you will. Yeah. You're no. like, you're supposed to feel sympathy for them, but they make it very hard yes. to be sympathetic. Yes, exactly. Um, so the dad admits that he's been in a hospital up in New York City. His cancer has returned and it's terminal, but he didn't want anybody to know. Yeah, he's being super weird about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the detective Hotch and Morgan go to speak with some of the neighborhood kids. Um, there's just a random mom that <laughs> goes, mom. goes off on this tirade about sex offenders in the neighborhood right in front of all of the kids yeah. who are like asking yeah. about the terminology she's using. She's quite using. a Karen. Yeah. And they're all like, what is pedophile? Yeah. <laughs> like what's a sex freak? <laughs> Um, so they talk to this little girl named Connie, which is a totally normal name for a little girl to have. Yeah, in, in the early 2000s. 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, her name would have been Madison, actually. <laughs> or uh, Ashley. Ashley. Uh, so she said that a man asked her to help him find his dog, but she told him she couldn't because she had to go eat lunch. And then she saw him again right before soccer practice. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this guy is bold. Yeah. Um, but he, they think that he... He knows he has nothing to worry about. He's right. Yeah. So they think that he must be pretty comfortable in the neighborhood and know the kids. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know, maybe look for green SUVs owned by people who live you within can literally a certain walk radius. Around, right? Yeah, you could. Or like Garcia could do a little magic and mm-hmm. figure out who yeah. in that neighborhood around the park uh-huh. has a, has a green, green SUV. SUV. Yep. I mean, and normally when they get to something like this, history has taught us if there's a stack of CDs, we're going to comb through every single one. You know, if there's like some ridiculous thing that you want us yeah. to go through piece by piece, we'll do it. They have a solid piece of information here and they're like, we're starting fresh. Let's go in another direction. Yeah. yeah. It's absurd. White men who own... Green SUVs. In the neighborhood. They're very yeah. insistent that he's from Yeah, he's got to be from the neighborhood. Yeah. And like, we're already down to two hours, according to them, by this point. Yeah. It's like you, you have all the tools that you need, mm-hmm. and yet you're going to 
start a fire with two sticks. Because they're, they're <laughs> not in a rush. They're acting like they have all the time in the world. The urgency is like negative. Yeah. And I almost missed it because the profile is coming up next. I almost yeah. missed the profile because of my outrage and because of the outrage of one of the local cops in this next yes. part. But yeah, you want to tell us about the profile? Yeah, yeah. So um, what in what a profile it is. Most likely a resident of one of the subdivisions around the park. If he feels like they're closing in on him, he'll kill Billy to avoid detection. So they're not going to do anything. Yeah. They're going to have less cops. They're going to pull people off the street. Rescind the Amber Alert. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where one of the local cops is like, what? You guys wrote CARP and we're not even going to follow CARP? And I was so busy looking up CARP that I had to rewind it (laughs) to write down the profile Um, he fits in, he walks his dog, does yard work, lots of solitary activities. If you watch closely, he pays a little too much attention to the neighborhood kids. It largely goes unnoticed because he isn't perceived as a threat. A white male in his late twenties to thirties. He has a menial or temporary job. Socially marginalized and frustrated, he relates better to kids than adults. This isn't his first offense against children, but it is his first abduction. And we know this because first-timers hunt close to home, according to Elle. Yes. He's recently had a stressor at work, unable to maintain a normal relationship, will have extensive pornographic materials in his home and on his computer. Quite possibly he owns or did own a dog named Candy. Hmm. Another thing we could easily look up. Yeah. You have to register your dogs too. Yep. He will not inject himself into the investigation, but he will be watching the news and they may have had contact with him in the early stages. Yeah. It it would take Garcia 35 seconds to find right? this person. And in later seasons, she would. She would. Yeah. But, but they, in this, they're still ignoring all their tools. Yes. Uh, so Morgan does call Garcia, but just to ask about local sex offenders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so Garcia is just really enthralled with these flowers. Still. <laughs> That's what I wrote <laughs> next so to. <laughs> Man, she is really into the flowers. Yeah. Uh, but well, I mean, I'd be excited if Mandy Pazink had sent me flowers I mean, too. Yeah. So... But she's not in the least interested in doing her job at this point. No, she's all about the flowers. No. Uh, Wilmington, it turns out, is pretty light on sex crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one really bad guy, uh, but he has no history offenses against history of offenses against children. There's another guy, Dennis Jones, who was arrested for solicitation. And Morgan says it's probably not Jones. He wouldn't be able to perform with adults, and this has gotten us nowhere mm-hmm. because they're ignoring the pertinent facts, right? Uh, So Mrs. Copeland, Billy's mom, uh, realizes that uh, her ex-husband is sick again when she sees him taking some medicine. Uh, Elle wants them to speak with the press. And Mrs. Copeland is just really preoccupied with um, thinking about how she's going to tell Billy that her dad is sick again. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is not your job. Yeah. Like, that is his business. Mm -hmm. It is not yours. And this again, is between one the two thing of at a them. time, she's missing. Yeah. Let's recover her safely and then worry about those problems later. Yeah. And then like maybe stop trying to control their relationship. And everything about their lives. Yeah. And also um, the dad should just be honest mm-hmm. with her. But yep. whatever. Uh, so the doorbell rings and it's that uh, concerned mother. The Karen neighbor. Yes. And she's passing out information on all the local sex offenders. Um, so Mr. Copeland grabs the information, jumps in his car and drives off. So I'm no. assuming he just picked the one that was on the top of her stack. Yeah. Or like maybe she just has flyers with all of them. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I was like, how did he know which one to go to first? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Like if she had, I guess there was only two 
50-50 shot. Yeah. Um, so Elle calls the concerned mom stupid, which was pretty funny. Um, Mr. Copeland shows up at Dennis Jones' house and attacks him with a pipe wrench. And then is, Morgan gets his tackle of the does. episode in. I was worried, uh, but he got his tackle. Yeah, it's like more check off Morgan Bingo. He yeah. gets to tackle something. It's a pretty spectacular tackle, it too. Is, it's a good yeah. one. Um, so Mr. Copeland starts sobbing and he's saying that he knows that uh this guy has his daughter. It's like, no, you don't, no, you, you don't. don't. No, you know nothing, Jon Snow. <laughs> <laughs> So Gideon and the detective, um, they're sitting in the car and they're wondering if their plan and their tactics are going to work. Um, Gideon asks if she knows which program did the most harm in the term or in terms of this type of crime. And Reed like pokes his head between the two seats and he's <laughs> like, stranger danger, which was hilarious to me because I swear to God, I did not notice that he was, he was in, in the, the car? car at all. And yeah. it just like, you know, like my headcanon is that Gideon and the detective also didn't know. <laughs> and he was just lurking in the backseat of the car waiting to impart facts. He's like a little fact fairy. Uh, another suspicious stakeout where they're just all, you know, drawing lots of attention to themselves. Yeah. He pops out to scare them. Yeah. Um, so almost all abductions are done by family or a person well-known to the child. And even then it's still very rare. Mm. Um, so the, I think it's funny that the writers just keep creating these situations in which the characters are like decrying these moral panics, like with mm -hmm. the Satan stuff and yeah. everything. And then there's all like simultaneously operating under the assumption that those incredibly unlikely circumstances are, are in fact exactly what is happening yes. right now. This never happens. It never happens except for except now. Except for right now, that is probably it. Yeah. Like they're like, We're going to ignore every other lead because it's probably this thing we said isn't going to happen. Yeah. Like there's never been a murder or a satanic murder Until but it could now. be this time <laughs> <laughs> but we can't rule it out completely yeah uh but you know maybe it'll pan out this time uh so the detective gets a radio call that a body has been found and they head down to the river where we see the coroner and forensics team um fishing a body out of the river with and some more fancy camera work for yes, no reason at all not even a little bit when when then then you're like, okay, well, clearly that showing? wasn't supposed to be right, what? the unsub's point of view. So why? What are you doing here? But I did love that there was a really slow zoom in on Mandy Patinkin's like scrunched up face. Yeah, was waiting for the body to come out, and you can't tell at all from right. his face whose body this is. Right, and then he gives like he puts his arm around Reed too, and you're like, what is yeah. happening? Uh, but we don't find out right now because back at the police station, we find out that Dennis Jones isn't interested in pressing charges under the circumstances circumstances which should tell the copeland that he's at least a halfway decent person yeah like he just got attacked with a pipe wrench he mm -hmm. has every right he's just gonna let to, it go yeah to press charges here and hotch is so mad at this dad yeah um mr copeland starts yelling that he's a pedophile and morgan shuts him down immediately he says not all sex offenders are pedophiles this is why the public should not have access to this information because mm -hmm. of ridiculousness like this um and then hotch tells him to get his shit together yeah <laughs> Uh, they ask the Copelands to speak to the press and ask for information about a witness driving a green SUV. Mm -hmm. um, so they think that people might be more, more willing to call in if they think that the person is a witness than a suspect because most people don't want to believe it's that actually, they're... That's a really good point. It's a really good idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, Their first good idea in this whole investigation. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, I guess it was 
good to bring the BAU in because up until this point, they've been utterly useless. Yeah. <laughs> Given them nothing. How much did you hate the picture they chose of Billy for the missing posters? It was bad. It, it was, wasn't a great picture. It was really bad. Yeah. Not a picture you'd want to show to somebody if like they had never seen her before. It'd be like, have you ever seen this person? She didn't look the same. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like you could... She's like in a weird pose. Yeah. Like I, I could be sitting next to that kid and not know it was the same kid. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. Um, so, uh, they also think that the unsub will be relieved that the law enforcement or the law enforcement is totally off track and not looking for him anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's a pretty good ruse that they're pulling here. Yeah. Um, when they speak to the press, Mr. Copeland seems super nervous. Like he's like panicked, really upset. Um, and then JJ's reporter friend asks about the body which is news to the parents. Mm -hmm. So they understandably completely freak out and they drag them off stage and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Gideon announces that it's not Billy, um, who, you know, he clearly already had this information and JJ was like, oh, I should have prepared the parents. They're like, yeah, yeah, you should have. Uh Oh my God. Why would you not? (laughs) Um, So the... Team has the idea to look into residents who were not home or didn't answer the door during Genius. the initial canvas. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you could cross check and see if any of them have a green SUV or <laughs> no, a dog they, named Candy. They're not going to do that. They, they absolutely are not. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, the Copelands are super distraught. Uh, Mrs. Copeland says that her ex was the one that wanted the divorce because he didn't want them to watch him die, but that she let Billy think it was her to protect her from the truth. And Elle's like, wow, what an incredible sacrifice. And again, you're like, what are you trying to make me think about these parents? Because not a good move. Yeah. Because like incredible sacrifice. It is not. This is bad parenting. Yeah. Like you destroyed, like this woman destroyed her relationship with her child mm-hmm. when they could have been honest with her about how much her dad was struggling and mm-hmm. how scared he was and empathizing with her about how sad and confused and disappointed that you both are now about they, this situation. Yeah. And like, now they all just hate each other. Yeah. And like the dad is also being selfish in this yeah. situation, but he's also really struggling. Like he's going through something unimaginable. Right. And they're all making the absolute worst decisions that they can for this poor kid. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, God, she has such a bad attitude. <laughs> like, no, you're, you're terrible parents. Like, I can't stand that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I hated it. It was driving me crazy. Yeah. And, you know, Gideon is giving the dad a pep talk and he's making him want to live again. Yeah. He's just telling him that like, you know, like it doesn't matter what the situation is. Like you want to be with your daughter because Mm -hmm. any amount of time, no matter what, is better than not having that time. Another call back to Gideon's family life, right? You're like, "Mm, are you speaking from some sort of experience? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So then there's a patrol cop and he tells Morgan about a report from a resident who has a neighbor with a green SUV. Uh, Morgan and Reed visit the man who tells them that he hasn't seen the neighbor all day, but that the neighbor drives a green Explorer, which you may remember is a very feminine vehicle. In fact, and it is an Explorer. Wow. (laughs) Um, That he spends a lot of time at that park and he had had a dog named Candy that had died recently. Checking all the boxes. There you go. But you know, this, this neighbor, I think his name was Mr. Lomax. I think so. Yes. Um, Also creepy. As I'll get out. Yeah, it was um, weird. It was really weird. And for a second, I was like, wait, is that the neighbor or is that the suspect? I know. Because I, he was so uncomfortable. He was very off-putting. Yeah. And it, they just like, I don't know. It's like a whole neighborhood full of creepy white dudes who talk about their crabgrass or something, apparently. 
Um, that's that's pretty normal. <laughs> Old suburban men, I think, just based on my parents' neighborhood. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, like, wow, how'd you get rid of all your crabgrass? Yeah. No, that's what my dad and the neighbors do. <laughs> They'll be like, oh, have you seen his lawn? It looks great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, they go over to the house and Gideon just so, really, really wants to break this door down. Here's where you need to buckle your seatbelt, folks, because yeah. the local detective is really preaching the law, yeah. right? I, this this episode has been a pretty consistent, like, two at the energy level. Yeah. And they have turned it up to 11. Oh, my God. <laughs> it is insane. Mandy Patinkin is like a caged animal. Yeah. Like the detective points out that they really don't have any probable cause. They've got a lot of circumstantial evidence, but she is like concerned about the warrant. Morgan lists off all of that evidence because he is also totally ready to kick down the door. Mm -hmm. Gideon's just like pacing and like foaming at the mouth. Yeah. Uh, The detective is concerned because she's, you know, none of this shit's going to hold up in court, you know? No judge is going to sign off on this. Um, But the BAU is just like, what about the girl? What about the girl? It's like, yeah, we all want to save the girl. But if this guy walks, he's going to do it again. Exactly. Like, oh my God, you're all about to mess this up completely, right? There's zero chance that they'd be able to charge him with anything. No, that's... Yeah, this the search will not hold. And Hotch is like, yeah, we're familiar with the rules of evidence. I'm like, yeah, you're a freaking lawyer. So you yeah. know exactly what the defense attorney is going to say to get all of this thrown yeah. out. Oh, are you sure you're familiar with it? Because you don't seem like you they, are. They really, yeah. They're, they don't really seem and I clear mean, they, on evidentiary this is just process. revving up to what's <laughs> about to happen. Um so then I was wondering, like, if the PAU comes in and bungles an investigation like that, like, mm-hmm. say that they, you know, this this guy walks because yeah. of what happened here, who does that reflect poorly on? Does that fall back on the local jurisdiction? Or is that I think the it, FBI's fault? I mean, it's technically, if you're thinking about it, I think the FBI's fault. But if you were just someone who lived in that town and, like, heard about oh, yeah, it's that gonna- guy walking, that your local department would just be... Yeah. Added. Yeah. So like the detective is like totally in the right here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She's been in the wrong for a lot of this, but in yeah. this instance, she's in the right. But there has to be some way that they can figure out how to get a proper warrant so right. that they can go in and search the house. There's no time suddenly. No. Um, the detective starts to get on the phone with the judge and, uh, Gideon can't even wait 30 seconds and runs up to the window and just smashes the window in yes. with a flower pot and starts to climb in through the broken glass. Yes. Meanwhile, Morgan just goes and kicks the door <laughs> in and then they all just walk in while like poor Gideon's like climbing in through these shards of glass. This is where I just wrote holy shit, this is insane. Because <laughs> it just like exploded all of a sudden to yeah. all these really bad decisions. Yeah, out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gideon pulls his gun on the man inside the house and the cops... It's like pressed to his forehead. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. The guy's like, please no, please yeah. no. So the cops uh, swarm in and search the house and they find no kid. Nothing. And they're like, oh, this is bad. It, it's even worse because nobody... Turns the lights on. <laughs> That's what I wrote down. <laughs> it's yeah. insane. We're not sneaking around. It wasn't yeah. subtle. He knows that they're there. Yeah. 
My next line is Gideon, Reed, and Morgan decide to go in and search again, which they inexplicably do in the dark. (laughs) I wrote, can someone please turn the lights on in this place? What the hell is happening? (laughs) Yeah. He's got lots of porn, just like they Mm -hmm. said. Um, Morgan's like, oh, you got to watch this one. Yeah. Like, ugh, (laughs) gross. Um, So Gideon insists that she still has to be in the house. Um, The man um, who... the uh, Curtis, that's his name, mm-hmm. something Curtis. Um, he like asks, crying. yeah, he asks if they had a warrant and Hotch tells them to help him because he's going to go to prison. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, he knows you didn't have a warrant and yeah. your whole search is illegal. Right. And then he asked for a lawyer and yeah, they're like, not right now. We're busy. Yeah. So Hotch goes back inside and he admits that without the girl, they have absolutely no cause to hold this guy because mm-hmm. as he knows, this is an illegal search. Yes. Yes. Um, and then he says, like, if there's any recrimination, the FBI will take personal or, or like, full responsibility for it. I'm, I'm sure like, that's very comforting to the family of the missing child. Yeah. And to the family of the next victim. Right. And the victim herself. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, no, you can't just be like, oh, yeah, like, mm, we'll, take the, bad. we'll take the flack for this Thoughts one. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah. So sorry. Oh, that made me so mad. Mm-hmm. Um, so Gideon is just sitting on a chair yeah. in the room, contaminating the crime scene <laughs> like he does. All that urgency gone. He's exhausted yeah. from the window breaking incident. Yeah. So he's looking around and Gideon sees a broom and it's got some insulation on it. And he remembers that the unsub also had some insulation on his shirt. And then they're like, oh, perhaps we should check the attic. <laughs> because no one had checked the attic. Yeah, because it, it took this crack team that long. I mean, he's like pulling books off the shelves like there's some hidden lever or something. Yeah. And then they're suddenly like, wait a second, we should check the attic. Yeah. I'm like, did you check the basement right. too? Did you just there knock, a shed? Did you knock on all the closed doors and you're like anyone in there and then <laughs> not bother to open them? Pull if back the shower curtain maybe, check a couple <laughs> places. No. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, and of course. Yeah. So uh, it's like, this trap door in the ceiling kind of attic. There's not mm-hmm. like a ladder or anything. Um, so they get a chair and Gideon somehow manages just by standing on that chair to pull himself all the way up into the attic. And nope. I love you, Mandy Patinkin, but I don't think that you have the upper body strength no. to do that. No, because if that, that chair didn't get him anywhere near the ceiling. It wasn't like he would have still had to full on pull up. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like his the chair was tall enough that his head poked through and he just had to like no, muscle no, up he in just, there. I, like, I like to think that Morgan was just holding his legs yeah, from and just lifting him up into the attic. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Billy is in the attic, mm-hmm. still fully clothed in her soccer uniform, yep. which makes you think that like the unsub didn't actually get around to hurting her in any way, hopefully yeah. in 20 hours, it, which it seems, seems unlikely, right. but it's, I, you it's, know. It's very weird. Like she's just up there in a corner on a bare mattress. Yeah. Sure is some good luck that she happened to be there. Uh-huh. Um, so then we get our next quote, which is, measure not the work until the day's out and the labor's done. Elizabeth Barrett Browning. Like, Okay. Mm. All right, sure. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, so then they're all playing poker on the plane. Um, Hodge you know. has got the jokes suddenly. Oh, yeah. Every- There's that personality. Yeah. Everybody thinks Reed cheats because he's from Vegas. And he's like, no, it's just math. <laughs> they're like, oh, you're so fun to play poker with. 
Um, Hotch tells Gideon that he sent the flowers to Garcia because Gideon sometimes forgets to let people know that they're important. Hotch is teaching Gideon how to be a real person? Like, what is happening here? Um, So Gideon says that he already sent her an MP3 player because they last longer, and then he's worried that Garcia might think that he's sweet on her. (laughs) And he uses that term, sweet on her. Yes. Um, I Um, really just like that an MP3 player and a bouquet of flowers are, like, equal level of gift yeah to him like also could you not say ipod you're not allowed to say that <laughs> no they're probably not he, he probably sent her a zoom <laughs> <laughs> it got better ratings yeah um so you know everybody thinks that's a pretty good joke <laughs> and mm-hmm. Elle tells gideon that she thinks the copelands will stay together they're like ew no they're, they're very toxic people. Yeah. And worse than that, she says she isn't sure if it wouldn't have been better for them to stay apart. Yeah. As he died. Yeah. Like, not, not that they should get back together. They should stay divorced. They're horrible people and obviously toxic, like you said. Yeah. But the, the Billy aspect of apart from her dad was not working, obviously. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, hopefully they've all learned a lesson here, but I doubt that they have. <laughs> right. Um. So Gideon says that even though the dad's having a hard time, it's better for him to be there while he can. And um, in the office, Gideon adds a photo of Billy to his collection of photos. And they're all supposed to be like people he's saved. Did you see some familiar faces? I did see. I, I did too. I saw Josh Patel yeah, from, derailed, from Derailed. And I really enjoyed that the picture that he had it was, was like a mugshot. It was the same one on the student ID oh. that they pulled <laughs> I was like, why does that picture look so weird? Yes, it is his student ID photo. Uh, just took it from props. There was um, also a picture of the twins from Broken Mirror yeah. that I noticed in there too. Yeah, yeah, I had to pause it on there so I could look at all the pictures really closely. Oh, man. And that but, is what fresh hell. Yeah. Um, so we obviously had another unsub who is a white man. Yes. Brings us up 92% yes. white men thus far. Poultry, 8%, not. Yeah. And it's just been the one woman so Just far, the right? one woman yeah. so far. Yeah. Um, so what did you think of the profile as far as accuracy, helpfulness, and plausibility? I mean, it was all pretty good. Like, they actually came up with a decent profile. It was yeah. very comprehensive. All of it fit mm-hmm. a little bit too well, maybe. Yeah. Um, I thought, you know, when they finally, they made the profile and then finally listened to the profile of that... Like, you maybe would have encountered him, but he wouldn't inject himself into the investigation. They were finally like, oh, he probably didn't talk to us. He probably didn't answer the door. Yeah. I mean, since they weren't going to use any of the other information they gathered. Yeah. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Cat noises. (laughs) Freya agrees. Yes. Um, But yeah, I mean, aside from their blatant violation of search protocols, uh, which conveniently turned out to be okay because she was there. Mm -hmm. Uh, The team was actually pretty vital in solving this case. A lot of the time they're just there and Mm -hmm. then normal police work solves it. But They're also fine. Yeah, they (laughs) they actually did something. So it was like even though this episode was really boring, this was actually a pretty good representation of what profiler, other than kicking down the door at the end, like what profilers would actually contribute to an investigation, Mm -hmm. which is because their jobs are really boring in real life. Yeah. Like it's not the excitement of smashing through windows and kicking down doors and Mm -hmm. pulling guns on the unsubs and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, okay. So this is what they do and this is how they help. So on a scale of one to 10, what would you give it? 
I don't know, maybe like a like a seven for this one. That's what I was thinking, like a seven or an eight, maybe. Yeah, that it was pretty far up there. Yeah, it was a good one. Mm-hmm. I mean, a good profile, not a good episode. Yes. Um, but the next episode, Poison. Mm, do you remember this one? I don't. Oh, well, I- I'm I'm afraid that I'm. Um, thinking of another similar episode when I think of it. No, this so one. I'm not sure. I don't remember most of it, but I do remember like the ending and how it plays out. I don't want to, I never, I try not to look up too much about it before I go into the rewatch. Yeah. Um, and so just from the title and the, the like one line description on IMDb, I can't decide if I'm thinking of the right one or not. No. Because I've watched so much of it lately, <laughs> all out of order. Um, but yeah, that's I don't know. You'll find out. <laughs> we'll all find out soon. Um, so if you are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening, I guess make sure you give us a five star review. You can find us on Instagram at the Unsub is a White Man. Our theme music is by Nate Youngblood, and the podcast is produced by Nate Youngblood. Thanks, Nate. And you can find us next week if you happen to check the attic. 